You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. BetQL. Oh, you better believe John Daigle was all over Kenneth Walker's 100-yard day against the Cardinals last week. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And joining us now, as he does every Friday, is John Daigle from 4 for 4 at BetSports. John, thank you so much for joining, joining us. Kudos on the Kenneth Walker play. So why don't we start with the Seahawks, because you are a noted Seahawks whisperer. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Cleveland Browns. Arguably, this is the toughest test that the Seahawks could face all season long as far as a defensive you know, performance by the Browns and what they're capable of. So what do you expect as far as prop sides total in this game? I'm actually not attracted about the under in this game, uh, but the over, I should say. I, I wonder if both offenses will struggle in this one, and that's why I really haven't done – much work around the receiving props because I'm kind of just on the unders across the board here. Uh, we have multiple injuries happening on the offensive sides of the ball. Multiple injuries are happening across the league, actually, that we're all for to see whether they're going to be game time decisions or play after the final injury reports come out today. But for me, the only bet I have in this game so far is PJ Walker under passing yards because before the bye, Seahawks dealt with so many injuries. Tariq Woolen, Devin Witherspoon, Jamal Adams, the list goes on. But since getting those players back these past couple of games, uh, no quarterback has averaged over six yards per attempt against them. P.J. Walker's passing yards prop, last I checked, was around 207, 205 at BetMGM. And actually, no one, or P.J. Walker hasn't passed 200 passing yards in any of his games so far. He's passed for 178, 192 in his two starts. So that's a prop that I'm actually going to be on this week in terms of this game. Overall, though, Ed, unless you have a side for me, I don't have one because I'm just worried about both of these teams hitting their team totals. I'm backing the Browns here at plus three and a half, personally. Uh, That's the side that I like. Uh, That's what the model is telling me to do. Uh, You know, with a low total, like, that's leading me to believe that there could be a Geno Smith problem. So there is that element to it. But that's the side that I would take there, John, to answer your question. All right. Um, John, do you uh, write the headlines for your columns at 4 for 4? Or is it somebody else? Uh, some sometimes I do. What? Why? What are you going to ask? Did you did you this week for the waiver wire column? I did do uh, Josh Downs with the sickness. Yes, I did. <laughs> bravo, bravo, man! I saw that. I was like, that's good. I need to ask they, John if they he, want like he the SEO like 
they want you to click it and so like you know usually i'm, I'm up all night turning around the the csvs and the data uh, i'm single yeah. ladies just in case you're curious um but yeah so i just i just throw in i throw in something after i'm just so tired and just make it funny yeah it worked it made me click on it and there it was i didn't even know that you wrote the column downs with the sickness i liked it all right what what are we doing with with this niner situation obviously a likely quarterback change with the purdy injury maybe we'll get more movement on the point spread just all sorts of angles the niners coming off a couple of losses does this change things is it typical shanahan offense as usual with likely Darnold in how does that work and what are your thoughts on which borough are we going to see in Bengals Niners I wish I knew because the 49ers didn't have an issue still creating pressure against Kirk Cousins last week he was pressured on 35 percent of his dropbacks he was just good and to his credit he's been awesome all season I don't know where the resurgence has come from but even last week 14 of 16 under pressure was amazing. Whereas we all know Joe Burrow is dead last in the league, 2.6 yards per attempt under pressure. So does he come back? Does the offense come back? Has it changed anything? Is he going to go deeper? I'm not sure, but I actually don't worry about the 49ers offense with Sam Darnold. Uh, we're about to see the true test of how much Kyle Shanahan and quarterbacks under him matter. Mm -hmm. But the fact is Sam Darnold last year was good. He averaged over eight yards per attempt in his starts. He only had one interception as well. And so I think he'll be good enough to engineer this offense. And although Luana Rumo has done an amazing job to this date so far, the Niners have the talent in place to still beat him. Uh, if they want to lean on Christian McCaffrey to hide Sam Darnold, which I don't think they will, the Bengals still haven't been able to stop the run at all. They're the only team allowing over 17% of the runs against them to gain 10-plus yards. They can't stop explosives on the ground whatsoever. So there's that. If they want to go through the air, then we've seen this offense shake out in the past without George Kittle, and that included on without Debo Samuel, and that included on Monday night. For instance, D George Kittle last year without Debo had a 24.4% target share. Uh, this past week, 24.1% led the team in receiving yards. So I think George Kittle's receiving over props are something I'm on. Not only that, but Anna Rumo has schemed man coverage at the league's eighth highest rate. And Brandon Ayuk has, has seen 60% of his targets against man coverage this year for literally the sixth most yards per route run in the league. So I just think these instruments do not change against the way Bengals play defense. And that's why I really don't have an issue with Darnold being under center. So if you're asking me to bet aside, I do actually think it's the San Francisco covering here. Love it. What's one of your favorite props so far on the board where there's still value? In the Steelers-Jaguars game, which has no, I know has been steamed a little bit to the over, I think probably because outside of Mike Tomlin voodoo, the Steelers defense has still struggled with stopping explosives this year. That Rams game is still so wild to think that they had 110 yards of offense through three quarters. Uh, TJ Watt set them up inside the 10 yard line for their only touchdown uh, in the, in those first three quarters. And yet they still walked away with the win. Absolutely incredible. But for that one, I think we're seeing two offenses, going the opposite ways and that the Steelers can't stop explosive runs. And here comes Travis Etienne, who at the very least, we know the Steelers last week 
Daryl Henderson, a 16-yard run in the opening drive. Uh, both Rams running backs got there on the ground. And so I just think it's an amazing spot for Travis Etienne rushing. And on the other side of the ball, Najee Harris is pretty much pulling the wool over everyone's eyes, all because he scored a touchdown last week. When in reality, um, this Jags defense still allowing just 3.6 yards per carry to opposing running backs. And then Najee Harris has averaged less than four yards per carry on the entire season. And so I had a lot of props last week, beginning with Alvin Kamara under 45 and a half rushing yards. And that's kind of been the threshold for the Jaguars. And he would not have gotten there if it weren't for that uh, one 15-yard carry inside the two-minute two minute drill that was a delayed handoff. And, you know, the Saints were down by one score, but it was basically garbage time. So that was upsetting. But I also know from experience <laughs> that's what happened. And he wouldn't have gone over 45 yards if it weren't for that one measly carry. So definitely back on Najee Harris under rushing yards. And then I do like Chris Olave over receiving yards because his target share has dipped now. And that's my big prop for this week. Hopefully it hits unlike Darius Slayton because those targets went to Jalen Hyatt <laughs> instead. We had, the, we had the process right. We just had the receiver wrong. But uh, Chris Olave, though, we've now seen that last year, 60% of his targets came against zone coverage. He was literally fifth in the league in yards per outrun. And we know Gus Bradley and the Colts don't back down from that scheme. Second in zone coverage this year. They've run cover three at the league's highest rate. And actually, as bad as Derek Carr has been this season, against cover three, only 10% of his targets have been off target. Uh, he hasn't been launching those prayer yards and deep shots that don't go anywhere, but the stands outside of like zone coverage. So I think it's an amazing spot for Chris Olave to bounce back. We also like the over in that game just because of the environment the Colts provide on offense. Even in Gardner Minshew's three starts, if we remove Anthony Richardson being under center, we've seen that, as I pointed out in the downs with the sickness column, that the, Sa the Colts have still led the league in plays per game, combined points per game, dropbacks per game, and drives per week. Like, they're not stopping the volume just because Minshew's under center. So I do like both offenses to get there this week. And definitely that has been a popular over uh, with the public, so that one makes a whole lot of sense. It's weird that I'm the one asking about this game, but I find it intriguing. It's the Texans at the Panthers. Carolina mm -hmm. at home is three and a half point dogs with a total of 43 and a half. Does seem like that the Panthers uh, did a couple of things during the bye, new play caller, things like that to where maybe this is just going to be a different Panthers offense. What are you expecting from them? And are there props on the Texans side you want to back? It's my hold my nose bet of the week because opened at three and I was waiting for the hook and we got it fortunately. So I bet the Panthers, even though I have no faith in it, I'm just playing the numbers. And it's the fact that I'm not sure, although I believe in this offense and I think this total maybe going overlooked a little bit because I think both teams can score. I'm just not sure the Texans, as great as C.J. Stroud has been, deserve to be three-and-a-half-point road favorites just yet in the league, even coming out of, like, the Carolinas' bye. Um, I do like, as Aaron and I were talking about before the show, 
I do actually like CJ Stroud over one and a half passing touchdowns. That's one we align on at plus money. I believe that <laughs> Bet MGM has it for plus 110, plus 112 still right now. Just because CJ Stroud has been a different quarterback against zone covers this year. Much more efficient and averaging 8.1 yards per attempt. The Panthers scheme the highest rate of zone coverage in the league. And so with Robert Woods removed from this offense this week, we think they're going to put their best players on the field. Noah Brown will still be out there because he's their elite run blocking option. They like to have that guy out there. But Tank Dale will be in three wide sets with Nico Collins. And we know both of those players have a ceiling. So excited about that one. Not only that, but the Texans getting back some of their offensive linemen they were missing prior to the bye for injury. But I'm just curious. I think the Panthers will push the Texans back, which is why I also like the over and Stroud to have to go through the air. First of all, the Panthers are getting back, I believe, Frankie Louvu and Bon Bell um, inside the box safety, which should help. They're not world beaters, but it should help their run defense quite a bit. And that's what the Texans have leaned on on early downs. But coming out of the bye with Thomas Brown, you know, coming from the Sean McVay coaching tree, I would like to think they do enough. I don't know with what talent. I don't know how they're going to get there. But I would like to think they change things enough to make bright life for Bryce Young just a hair easier. Um, and so maybe we see a little more Jonathan Mingo. Maybe we see a little more Hayden Hurst just to move the sticks more often as opposed to going to Adam Thielen solely. So, yeah, I like the over in that game quietly. We know to pick on the commander's secondary. Are, are you taking that viewpoint this week? You have Hurts. They took him off the injury report, but I don't believe anything they're saying about his health. He looked to be hobbled over the weekend. Um, A.J. Brown should light them up, and yeah. he destroys man coverage, which is what the commanders do. It probably doesn't matter which guys they change back there. Is it just like is it gonna, just going to be one of those games where A.J. Brown is probably going to lead all receivers and everything? And remember, the last time these two teams played in Week 2, this was actually Devonta Smith's best game of the year. You know, in, in hmm. fantasy, we've been citing that he was actually a, a top-12 wide receiver in this game, and that's the last time because you can do whatever you want against the commanders. And so that's what's, that's what's interesting about this one is that I think Devonta Smith can have success too, and we just haven't seen him be relevant whatsoever since Week 3. Ever since Hurts and Smith got into that shouting argument over whatever they were yelling about. Taylor Swift, I don't know what they were talking about. But in week three, <laughs> since that time, A.J. Brown has a 34.5% target share. Devonta Smith, the next on the team, with just 19%. Like, they've just been going away from everyone else except Brown in that span. So you're right. Brown probably does ultimately get there. He seems like he's fast-tracking for Offensive Player of the Year as long as no one yeah. else like, heats, up as heats up as much. But it, I would... I would lean towards the over, yes, if I had confidence in the Jalen Hurts injury. Uh, the issue, of course, is what you mentioned. Are they telling the truth about his injury since he still apparently has his brace on in practice as well? So I'm a little bit skeptical. Otherwise, I do think it's enough to where the passing game is what matters here against the commanders who continue to be a pass funnel. I know. I was thinking about taking the commanders as dogs. Like, they... They seem to win games, and they play the Eagles tough. They beat them by, like, 10 points last year. It, the, the, maybe they're due for a win or some crazy thing happens and goes the commander's way. Anything else? We've got, like, 30 seconds that you love that we haven't touched on. Chiefs Broncos under, I still believe, hits. Uh, even last week, the Chiefs are trending towards being an under team just because of how great they play defense. And even last week, that was two quarters of action. 
because no offense got there in the second half. Uh, if you watch only the second half, you would think the team scored 10 points combined. And now we have the Broncos offense who, yes, they'll be at home this week, but the last time we saw them against the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, 95 yards and two interceptions for Russell Wilson. And then, of course, the Chiefs now, ever since they got Chris Jones back in week two, only the eighth fewest yards per play allowed, third lowest passing explosive rate, and no offense has eclipsed over 21 points against them. No offense has scored three touchdowns against them in that time. So I actually lean towards a slower pace game. I know the over's going up in that one. I think recency bias is affecting that one. So Chiefs Broncos under for me. Good stuff. John Daigle from 4 for 4 in Bettsburgs. Thank you so much for your time. We always enjoy it each and every Friday. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the Steelers are three-point dogs at home. It's true. And we have our favorite angles for Jaguar Steelers and much more right here on the BetQL Network.